Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. Zach complained about Kelly's music last week, so we'll make him happy this week. I did not complain. Let it listen to him, everybody. <laughs> really? <laughs> Austin has control of the board. That's a good song, too. Thank you. That's so nice of you. Oh, you're welcome. It really is a good song. You won't believe how many times I've heard this song sung around the country. Well, there was one time it was sung, and they had no idea that Zach's sister was in the crowd. Didn't realize that you had wrote it and all that. It was kind of funny. But it was a good song. He does have all power. He does. I believe it. That's true. It's but biblical. We're back with you today. Today is Tuesday, April 4th. I see you made it through. Well, I'll wait. That section of the podcast is coming up. What? So, so I see you made it through April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Made it through April Fool's Day. <laughs> do you do anything for April Fool's Day? Um, sometimes. You plan? Sometimes. Are you ready? <laughs> I get it. If I if I do, then it comes from my mother. If you do, yeah. I don't know. I just I'm just. I'm too I mean, I've done a few things in the past, and it's sort of fun. My mom one one time it was on a Sunday. And uh, she always laid out mine Kelly's clothes, you know, when we was younger. And uh, we was old enough to know, though, you know, what matched and stuff. And she had, we got up for Sunday school, and we had the ugliest outfits on our beds waiting on us to get ready. And, I mean, they was just horrible. <laughs> and we, <laughs> there was, we didn't know... And she always got us. We didn't realize ever that it was April Fool's Day. And uh, we was in there. Kelly was, like, crying and everything. She said, Mom, I can't wear this. It's so ugly. And Mom, she could keep just such a serious face. Well, why can't you wear it, Kelly? Put your clothes on. What's wrong with that outfit? And then finally, she told us it was April Fool's Day and gave us our real clothes to wear that morning to Sunday school. She always had something to do. I couldn't like do that. I can't keep a straight face at all. I've pulled a few things off, but not not much. That's funny. I don't know well, I speaking be of days, today's the fourth, and just a couple of days, the, the seventh fourth is be walk to work day. Walk to work day. I don't see like me doing that. that. I'd like you to try that. I'll not be doing that. The twelfth is grilled cheese day. I can get down with that. I like grilled cheese. You like grilled cheese and chili? I do. Yep. I like it in my SpaghettiOs, my chili, yeah. my soup. Hey, grilled cheese and SpaghettiOs, that's a good meal. That is a good meal. I don't care if I'm 31. That is a good meal. That is. We had chili a while back in Revival with peanut butter sandwiches. You know, I've actually asked people that on the road. They're like down south in places. said, y'all eat peanut butter with your chili? They're like, that's disgusting. I'm like, how do you eat your chili? I know. I've noticed I don't that understand too. that. Yeah. Some people don't eat biscuits and gravy. Yep. I, I, I just can't I can't comprehend that. I know it. This guy went over to England a while back. I seen it. And he gave all these people biscuits and gravy for the first time and had them try it and their reactions. <laughs> and they said it looks terrible, but it tastes amazing. Well, what some of them yeah. said. I just had it the other day. There's a well, local gas good. station down here in Vanceburg that has amazing biscuits and gravy. Reminds me of my grandma's. Yep. It's really good. I have them at work. I don't like McDonald's gravy. Really? I just don't. Too much snob. sausage. You're a snob. 
But I like milk gravy. It's good. The 26th is pretzel day. I don't know if that means soft pretzels or hard pretzels. I like them both. I like all pretzels. I do too. Especially if they're out of the oven. I got a soft, very hard pretzel one time. It was supposed to be (laughs) soft. soft, Hard pretzel. And I'm not kidding. There were several uh, people there, and it was at a a meeting, but it did not come from a church. But it was after church one night, and I got the pretzel, and there was um, another guy there, a preacher and his wife, and an evangelist and his wife, and it was unbelievable. Like, you could tap it, and it sounded like this. That's how hard it was. <laughs> you could not eat it. It was about to break your teeth. That's funny. And I was disappointed because I like those. That is funny. Well, April 4th, April Fool's Day is the first. Mm-hmm. Did you know April 4th is Tell a Lie Day? What? That's terrible. That is. And to make things worse, the 30th is Honesty Day. Really? How do you have the same holidays in the same month? Tell a lie day and then be honest day. I don't know. That ain't good. That ain't good. Don't observe April 4th. <laughs> Do not observe it. Pretend I didn't even say it. Yes. Ignore but now, that day. <laughs> but April 30th is honesty day. You should Every day should be honesty day. We'll make that. Uh, we'll try to extend the life of that. That should be every day. Well, this week we've got a little bit more feedback that we're going to read. And we read some of it last week, and then we're going to do a bit, a little bit this week. And then we're going to do a new segment. Brother Zach's going to talk to us about after some feedback. So the first one, you might as well start off on a good note. Might as well. Might as well start off with a good one. Five stars. And it says, great so far. No. Oh. Oops, I just Sounds like they're not expecting much in the future. I, know. I don't know if they're expecting much at all. This was from February 20th, so it's been a little ways, a little while ago. New to listening to the podcast. Love the Holiness series. Saul Brother Gibbons. Oh, boy. Shout out from our Pod Me listener at Brother Heath's meeting last year. Oh, I don't want to read this here. You read it. Why? That's the bottom one. Because I'm humble. Um. Oh, my goodness. Sure are. Wished I could have gotten to talk to him more afterwards, but alas, such wasn't to be. Never met Brother Zach, but heard him sing on Apple Music and via Mixler at Minister's Meeting. Keep up the good work. Thank you. We'll try our best. Well, Austin will, and I'll try sometimes. You forgot the best part. What? I read the whole thing. No, you didn't. Says that brother, he said he met me at Brother Heath's meeting last year, and I nearly blew the roof off the place. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs> Conveniently skipped that part. <laughs> well, I okay. noticed you made sure to bring it back around. Oh, sorry. Need to need to do better being humble. <laughs> All right, moving on to awesome podcast today, Brother Austin. Again, apparently you wasn't on this one. Probably not. When my children were younger, we used to watch Disney. I was blinded to their agenda, and my children are grown now, and I have a grandson. We no longer support Disney in any way through merchandise or shows, etc. I am so thankful God revealed to my family what their hidden agenda was. Keep up the great podcast from a Mississippi fan. I can't remember what episode that was, but I did go on a slight tangent about Disney. 
and it was strictly informational. I didn't go off on nobody. Neither it been was, listening to, you know, holiness preachers, this podcast, or Ron DeSantis news conferences one. <laughs> <laughs> if they're out with Disney. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That was a big ordeal a while back. You would know better than I do. I'm, I'm not the big politician on the podcast as much as Zach is. I don't. I listen to some to keep myself a little bit in the loop, but not as much as you. Here's a repeat, 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 repeat feedbacker. Is it your memo? <laughs> <laughs> we were so blessed by today's podcast. <laughs> the truth was presented, and now those that heard it are responsible for what they do with it. Praise God for turning your life around. Love and prayers, Mama. <laughs> Oh. Sister Betty. I can always She's count a great on woman. my grandma for good feedback. All right. I don't, I think you better we, be glad you have a good mammal. I think we got a couple more. Because that might be your only support sometimes. Who knows? It, you, it may, had, you may probably, get down. It probably has been a few times. You may get down once. But at least you'll always have the support of mammal. And your papal. That is true. Here's they, another they one. They blessed us during revival this week. Yep. And he got to testify twice in one night. That was funny. <laughs> Dad, I had come through the door a little late. That is not something I do all the time, but I was doing stuff. And so church was already, he had just started. I think he had a good excuse. And that, he that was recognized. Night. I was. I was working for the Lord in other ways. And... uh he was recognizing people when I come through the door. And so I thought he had just already said Brother Denver and Sister Betty because he was already on other people. So I figured he just already said them because I didn't hear him saying when he was doing that. So anyway, service got going. And uh, after the congregationals, I was leading the service. And before Austin came and preached, I said, it's good to have his grandparents with us. And I asked Brother Denver to stand and testify. So he stood and testified, and uh, I went and sat down. Dad said, oh, he said, I forgot to um, recognize him. He said, I don't know how I looked over him. And so then at dismissal, he gets up, and he said, I can't believe I looked over Brother Denver and Sister Betty, because Dad really, he really likes them. He said, I can't believe that. He said, Brother Denver, stand and testify. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, hey, did you already testify? And it was really funny. Papa didn't care. No, he didn't care. And there's a young lady in our church. She's she's pretty funny anyway. She told him, she said, come back tomorrow. You might testify three times. <laughs> but anyhow, oh, all right, another one. Long-time listener, first time to write in. Y'all are doing an amazing job, and we have so enjoyed the podcast. A couple weeks ago, you were talking about kids with cell phones and how that your kids weren't getting one until they were 15. That was Brother Austin. You're not wrong in that, because the way I see it, there is no reason for them to need one before then. We also go a step further in that we cannot have the phone, that they cannot have the phone, in their bedroom for any reason. This serves to protect them and allow us to check out what they are up to. Keep up the great work. God bless. Well, thank um, you. Here, swipe this way. Oh, there's... I got another one. Another one. This one says, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord, sister. Thankful for your podcast. Listening in from Williamsburg, Kentucky. 
My family attends Brother too. Ben Morris's church. What a, I know Brother Ben Morris is a great preacher. Thankful for the truth uh, of his holy word. Thankful for men and women that still has a holy standard. Keep on sending out this good word. It's sure a blessing to our home. Thank you, sister, for writing in. Yes. I'm not sure exactly which one you are, but I like going there. It's a great church. Yes, it is. With great people. So we thank you so very much. All right, I got one more piece of feedback here, and I left this for the end because it's going to be a tiny bit lengthy. Um, This one is entitled Hair Episode, and it says, Hi, I listened to your episode with Brother Tim Brim in the episode. He said that covered means uncut, and that because of this, women should not cut their hair. The same scripture states that men are to be uncovered, And using, I'm going to read this how it should be wrote here. Using Brother Tim Brim's same logic, wouldn't that imply that men must be bald? If covered for women means uncut, then why does covered for men not mean completely bald? Well, that is a question from a listener, and I'm going to read to you the email that I sent him and also a few comments with that as well. And hopefully if anybody has the same question or near the same question, hopefully maybe it will help you as well. All right. So in response for an explanation. So first, let me say thank you for your question. This is me talking to the feedbacker. We don't mind a bit to provide you an answer. And let me stop right here and say that I really do mean that. We don't care to provide you an answer. If I don't have one, I'll find one. I'll study one out. I don't care. It don't bother me. I don't care to give you an answer. But if you're just going to be contentious about it and you're just doing it just to be angry and whatnot, I mean, you can see that on the email. And I've had people do that. And I just, I'm not interested in being in a fight in a debate with somebody. That's not what it's about. This is God's word, and we need. If you're going to be a Christian, I think we ought to be a Christian about it. So I don't want to be contentious. All right, moving on. I'm assuming that you're referring to First Corinthians 11, verse four and five. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one, as if she were shaven. First and foremost, I want you to notice the word covered in verse 4. The word covered here is the Greek word kata, and it means flowing down from the head. This dishonors the head, which we learned earlier from verse 3 in the same text that that head is God, Christ, man, and then the woman. And then I'm going to add into this same email um, from another email that I had sent. The word kata in verse 4 in Strong's means down from. And Thayer's lexicon goes on to say flowing down from the head. Helps word studies means higher to a lower plane. And when you read the context and the subject of this verse, the subject is the man's head. What is down from, flowing down from, that is the head. I don't think that's too hard to understand. Um, We can learn from verse 14. It says, Doeth not even nature itself teach you that if a man hath long hair, it is a shame unto him. 
This word long is the word kamoho, if I'm pronouncing that right, meaning to wear long hair to let the hair grow out. If a man has hair that is not contained within the natural bounds of his hairline and allowed to just grow freely, it's a shame unto him. Now, I know when we say it before, people say a shame doesn't say sin. Well, the shame here translated is atamia, which means a disgrace or dishonor. And, you know, every man's face and head is different. Me and Brother Zach are sitting here. Our heads are different. Our faces are different. We're, we're completely different people. This is a, you know, there, there's a different shape, a different pattern for every man. Some don't even have a receding hairline leading one to go bald. It's just genetics. Everybody is different, but there is a natural hairline that is determined by God, and it's different for everyone, as previously stated. And But the fact is, and can be found in tons of places, that when you talk about a hairline in your head, the hairline and its bounds, your hair grows naturally within those bounds. And as Paul told us in verse 14, it's a shame to have that hair exceeding your hairline, going past those boundaries in your individual nature that God has set. And as holiness men, we have lived by the tradition to not let your hair fall over your ears, hanging down into your face, over your collar. And it's been a good guideline that I've kept in my life and Brother Zach's kept in his to have a good, clean haircut. And Most I still, of the time. Yeah, <laughs> I still think that's a good practice to have today. I really do. And uh, so in verse 5, we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 5, the word uncovered is the word adakatalipto, if I pronounce that right. And this Greek word is the form of the verb katalipto. And when you break down this compound word in its meaning, you can look up the word un. You know, just like if you'll look up revival, re means again, vival means life. You break this one down, un means without. Covered comes from two words, which means all of complete covering. So when you put that compound word together, it simply means without all of your covering. Very plainly in scripture, Paul plainly says to us, he's talking about hair. This this part here, calypto, means to cover fully. If you'll look that up yourself, to not have a full covering means that something has been lost. Even to purposely remove your hair is to be without a covering. This is where preaching of uncut comes from. Obviously, men and women's hair fall out from either sickness or everyday life, and all of, that's not what we're talking about. That, that goes without saying. But if somebody cut their hair, one strand, burn it off, whatever means necessary, you don't have your full covering that God has given you. So the answer is no. The answer is plainly no. Don't mess with it. Don't cut it. Leave it alone. It's not in the length of your hair. As we are not given a guideline in the Bible that your hair has got to be 12 inches or it's got to be 24 or 36 or 48. No, but the guideline is not to touch it. It's simply the fact of a woman not cutting her hair so she has all her hair so she has all of her covering. Uncut equals long hair. That's always the way it's been. That's always the way it's going to be. And lastly, I want to say regarding this email and this thing, there's a debate out there amongst commentators, amongst people, amongst people that just want to fight about these scriptures that these verses on women's coverings are about a second covering. 
That is not the case because Paul himself tells us in verse 15, her hair is given her for her covering. It's right there. I didn't make it up. It's right there. So I know that was a long feedback, but I felt it necessary to share and explain um, to the listeners exactly what the Bible says and where we stand on 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. All right, moving on. Completely different topic. I wanted to add in a new segment today entitled Miracle Moments. I don't have no fancy soundbite for it because I'm a little unprepared on that part of it. I didn't know what to play. But anyways, there have been some amazing things that's happened just around here, around home, and I ain't never here. And I've missed a lot of what we're about to say. So Brother Zach's sitting here, firsthand eyewitness to some miracles that God has performed and when God performs a miracle, I think it should be testified about. Yes. I think it should be proclaimed to the world that God's not dead. He's still answering prayer, and he's still moving for our people. And so it's all yours. Yes. Well, I wish we could have Sister Melissa on today from our church. And uh, she would. I should have thought about that. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. She could have told her own testimony here. And uh, the Lord done a great miracle for her she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer i think it's called lymphoma cancer if i'm pronouncing it right and uh anyway she had several stage one spots and then she had some stage four cancer as well and they told her they said we can we know we can get the stage one and i think they they gave her like two years to live and this has been almost a year ago now that she was first diagnosed. So they told her they, they could get the stage one spots with chemotherapy. And uh, they was pretty sure of that. But the stage four, they didn't know what they could do for it. And they said what they'll do is they'll just go through the chemo. They'll get rid of the stage one. They'll see how it has, what kind of effect it has on the stage four. And then they'll go from there. So she was supposed to have six rounds of chemotherapy. And, of course, when we got the news that she had cancer, we all got to pray in the whole church, praying, fasting, seeking God. And uh, she went to four of her chemo treatments. And this is a very short version. She got very sick. Of course, anybody that's been around anybody with that knows that, you know what a toll the cancer plus the chemo takes on, on the patients and uh she got very sick just with the cancer with the chemo treatments and very weak and we'd watch her come in she couldn't even hardly walk sometimes and sometimes she couldn't come at all and just very very weak but she came to church as much as she could and she had had four of the treatments which was four months time and they decided they was going to do some more tests to kind of see how the cancer was progressing with the treatment and all that so they ran the test and uh during that time, we had been praying a bunch, and Brother Gabbard had come during that uh, period of time, and the Holy Ghost would move, and we'd just feel the Lord so strong praying for her. And that night, we was praying, Brother Gabbard came over and, and prayed for her, and he didn't even really know what was wrong with her. And he told Dad, he said, while we was praying for that lady, he said, I saw a long black car following her. He said, then it made a U-turn and went the other way. Well, of course, that just really boosted our spirits and put, you know, put a fire in us. And so they ran the the 
tests again to see how the cancer was progressing. And she came back with a completely clean report, no cancer at all, none at all in her, not the stage one, not the stage four, nothing. And completely clean. She had three doctors at the time. Every one of them wrote her a clean bill of health. And she is, the Lord completely healed her of stage four cancer. I tell you, God's a healer. And it was a, yes, he is. such a, a blessing to our church. I mean, it just really boosted the spirit of our church. Because we watched her come in, like I said, weak, couldn't hardly walk. You know, just, just very sick. Y'all know how it is with cancer. And then just, she just doing just amazing i mean she'd take off running around the church and and just set the whole church on fire and it's just been such a great blessing and uh, they're her and her husband i tell you they've done so good through all that they kept to the lord and just held on to god and to the to the word of god and, and prayer and they just handled it unbelievable and the lord has just really really blessed them and their family and it's just been awesome just that is an awesome healing. You it can is. still do it. Yes. I mean, it has, it's just boosted our church, like I said, just unbelievable. It's just been. So if you're on here listening and you're sick or you've got loved ones sick or maybe you've got cancer yourself, just yep. be encouraged. God can't. He just did it. Yes, he did. He just did it. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago. Yep. God can do it. And then right after that, her daughter, which is married to one of my good friends, um, uh, they're expecting their second child and she had what's called hg and i'm not extremely familiar with what that is but um i know it's bad and she was suffering terribly with it and they told her she would have it until the baby was born nothing they could do about it and she wasn't very far along really she still had several months left and she couldn't hold anything down she couldn't eat anything at all not even water she couldn't drink water and hold it down and she had spent all night in the ER getting fluids and stuff from being dehydrated and just had a terrible time. And uh, one Sunday morning, my mom went over and, and started praying for her. And, of course, several of the women of the church came, and her mom just been healed with cancer. She came up, was praying for her. And uh, the Lord moved in a mighty way that Sunday morning. And she went home and began to eat. She went to, I don't know if they went out to eat or went to wherever, but anyway, she went and ate after Sunday school and held it down and has been healed ever since then. She went back to her doctor and told him that God healed her. They were amazed. They were shocked by it. And then she told him how God had just healed her mom of cancer. And uh, so it's just been great. The Lord's been blessing us, been helping us, and two great miracles that have just been really encouraging. The Lord's really, really been moving. Had several baptized in the Holy Ghost this year, several saved this year. And God is working all across the country. I hear good reports from all across the country from our friends talking about how God's been moving, and I'm certainly glad that He is. God is a, alive and well, and He's working in the hearts and in the lives and in the local churches of His people. So I'm grateful for that. Yes, that is true. That is true. God's moving here. It's an amazing thing to see. I know we're not here most of the time. We get to watch on Marco Polo. Sometimes we'll be leaving a church service somewhere else, and Kelly will be on Polo almost just as consistent as you can, Wednesday nights and mm -hmm. Sunday nights. And then if we're in a different time zone, she'll listen until we have to, until we get to the church or whatever. But just the revival spirit that you've all have had and then the revival that we just came through here and the spirit that was in that. I tell you, you can have revival. 
you can see people yes, saved, people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. God's not dead. He's still moving, still healing folks. I mean, he just healed a woman of cancer. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's yeah, that's the worst great. word any person, yeah. I guess, could hear. Yeah. That's the 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 nastiest word, the scariest word. Yes, the the word that nobody wants to hear, but God can do it, and that's such an amazing, amazing story. I tell you, it's a blessing to live holiness. And those people that she was healed of cancer and her daughter, them are holiness people, praying people. I yes, mean, they they're just amazing. I tell you, it, it, it's a benefit of serving God, just like you said last week on the podcast. That, that right there is a benefit of being saved. Right. I'm not saying God can't do, God's limited, but that's a benefit of being saved and being able to pray. You know, sinners are not praying no, they can't. <laughs> I mean, they just can't. They're they're they, not saved. They don't have that. They don't have that power privilege. of God riding with them. But to pray, I couldn't imagine going through cancer and not having God on my side every day. Yeah, I couldn't imagine going through cancer and not being able to pray and feel no. the Holy Ghost. I say it is awesome to be clean and holy and ready to go and feel God right there when you need Him at any single moment. Topic of the day today, it is five days until April the 9th. And April the 9th, Brother Zach, is Easter morning service. Yes, it is. Easter time already. Seems like it was just here. Easter morning already. I tell you what, I am Easter Sunday. Thankful. Easter Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I am thankful for Easter. Yes. I'm thankful for, should we say, the resurrection That's right. of Jesus Christ. Do you like Easter? I love Easter. <laughs> if you're going Christian, to church on Easter, I love it, especially when it's sunshiny on Easter morning, oh, coming yeah. through the that church makes windows. It even better. I t- we had a great Easter service in 2020 during COVID. You remember that? I was, was, the, was we in the cars yeah. then? <laughs> we were out in the parking lot. Was that the rainy Sunday? No, it wasn't. That wasn't it. But it was still, it was a powerful, powerful yeah. uh, Easter service. We actually had it on Saturday. We had Easter Sunday on Saturday. Oh, yeah, we had to. Because it was going to rain on Sunday. And so we had it on Saturday because we was all outdoors. Yeah. And it was a powerful service. Had a great, great time in the Lord that day. And I'm glad. Let all oh, I'm glad it's parking over lots over. <laughs> yes, but I'm looking forward to Easter yes. coming up. I will be many, many miles away from you. Yes, you will come Easter morning service. But Easter service is a great time. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. The resurrection. I tell you, there is a great purpose in His resurrection. Paul told us First Corinthians 15's the resurrection chapter. Oh, yeah. What we'll call it. Verse 14 says that if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain. Right. Verse 17 says if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. Right. That if Christ was still in the tomb right now, we talked last week about being knowing that we're saved, there would be, you couldn't. No. There would be no assurance of salvation. Right. Without his resurrection, we're still in our sins. 
Yep. Without his resurrection, Jesus Jesus is a fraud. His followers are frauds. For Jesus himself said he'd rise from the grave. That it had just been a lie. Yeah. If he didn't come out of that tomb. If he didn't come out of the grave, we wouldn't we wouldn't be in church today. The resurrection completes the gospel. Because the gospel is not just preaching the death and the burial, but the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection on the third day. Right. The resurrection was the assurance from God that the payment for sin was paid in full as the one who could not sin became sin. He became the curse to bring us the cure. No more animals, no more temporary coverings. Right. Jesus done it. Jesus done it. Paul said if Christ didn't rise, we'd still be in our sins. Without his resurrection, his death would just be another death on another cross on another day and prove him powerless to give life and conquer death. But his resurrection, when you read in John chapter 20, he come out of there and told Mary, don't touch me. I've got to go to my father. We've talked about it on here before. He went into heaven there to the mercy seat, atoned. Sprinkled his blood upon that mercy seat, still there today. You can read Hebrews 9, 11, and 12, and 24 for those uh, verses there. Took his blood to the mercy seat in heaven. But you have to believe in the resurrection to be saved. Romans 10 and 9, you may have even quoted it on the last episode. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Right. Do you believe in Jesus today? Do you believe he died for your sins? Do you believe he was buried in a tomb? Do you believe he rose again? You got to. That's what you got to believe to be saved. The resurrection establishes our faith. Many have been crucified. Many was buried in a tomb. But no so-called Savior nowhere has ever rose again on the third day. All these other people, you know, there, there are certain religions. They want to pray to Mary. She's still dead in the ground. They want to pray to Buddha, great prophet. He's still dead in the ground. Muhammad's still dead in the ground. Jesus ain't dead. No, He's sir. alive, sitteth on the right hand of God right now. I tell you, I'm so glad that he rose again. Praise the Lord. Easter's important. Easter's important. Because he lives, the Gaither said, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, what a powerful all fear is gone. Because I know. He holds the future, and life is worth living because he lives. Yes. That song is exactly right, because he lives. We can believe everything that the Word of God has ever said because he lives, because he's alive. That's right. That's right. I tell you, the, the resurrection is the end of death. It's the end of death. It is what takes the sting out of death. And will for a final time one day. I'm going to read a story here that I found. It says, A little boy and his father were driving down a country road on a beautiful spring afternoon. Uh, this is, I guess, supposed to be a true story. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a bumblebee flew in the car window. Since the little boy was deathly allergic to bee stings, he became petrified. His father quickly reached out, grabbed the bee, squeezed it in his hand, and then he released it. But as soon as he let it go, the young son became frantic once again as it buzzed by the little boy. The father sensed his son's terror. Once again, he reached out his hand, but this time he pointed to his hand, and there, stuck in his skin, was the stinger of the bee. 
He said, do you see this? You don't know. You don't have to be afraid anymore. I've taken the sting for you. Right. Well, that's exactly what the resurrection is for us. The Christian, the man and, and woman, child of God, does not have to be afraid of death anymore because Jesus took the sting of death and he rose in victory over it on the third day. So thank God for the victory of Easter and that song, There Ain't No Grave Gonna Hold My Body Down, said early one morning at the break of day, God sent an angel by and rode the stone away. Now I don't have to worry, and I don't have to fret. On resurrection morning, my soul is gonna rest. So thank God for that. The, the victory of Easter. We don't have to worry about what happens to us when we die. We know that we're gonna come up out of the grave after a while. Uh, Jesus in the book of John said, the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. So thank God for the promise of Easter. And as we leave you here today, the resurrection assures us of our resurrection. Verse 20 of our text says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. Our text. I didn't take a text. First uh, Corinthians 15 and 20. Now is Christ risen from the dead. He became the first fruits of them that slept, which means died. The first fruits of them that died. His resurrection is a guarantee there'll be another right. one. He That's was the right. first to die, first to rise again, and first to never die again. Yep. These old bodies wear out, but they're going to be made new. So as we get off here, I want to read to you First Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse let me tell 14 you a, let me tell you one more and 18 story before you read that <laughs> since you're closing with that for if we believe <laughs> I can tell you this go one. ahead John Quincy Adams of course I've heard of him of the United States was 80 years old and a friend asked him he said how is John Quincy Adams and he replied by saying John Quincy Adams is very well himself. He said, but the house he lives in is very sadly dilapidated. It's tottering on its foundation. The walls are badly shattered and the roof is worn. The building trembles with every wind. And I think that John Quincy Adams will have to move out before too long. But he himself is very well. <laughs> so the bodies get old. They dilapidate. But they're going to come up out of the grave. And they're going to be made new one day. That is wonderful. That reminds me of the episode you did it's been some time ago on the bodily resurrection. Yes. That is amazing stuff. Well, as we get off here, I'm going to let this song play in the background and let it build as I read to you. First Thessalonians 4 and 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. You listen to that. Hear it. Mm, that's a good song. But we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And this is why I read this to you. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He's alive. We're going to resurrect because he resurrected. He was the first fruits. It's going to happen again. I want to be ready, don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peace out, everybody.
Yeah. 